Order 66, from the moment we first heard Palpatine order the order, we didn't know what it meant, but we do know what came after. And now we've gotten many different viewpoints of it. But maybe I was going to say, we the, know now because it's been shown maybe, like... One of the most doing the interrupting of the of the intro thing. This that we're doing. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Resistance broadcast. I'm John. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, so we're going to talk about, as you saw in the title, um, just the importance of Grogu's experience with Order sixty six, um, and we'll expand upon that later in our main discussion. So it's going to be one of the uh, serious dive into the story discussions that we do here on TRB. We like to balance things out. Balance of the force, balance of the pod, fun stuff, serious stuff, mm -hmm. but it's Super all about serial. enjoying Star Wars. But uh, John here with me as always is James and Lacey. Uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, J James wants everyone to know that he can predict the weather. I don't know if any, everyone out there knew that. Yeah for, yeah, for anybody knowing, I dropped a little tidbit on him about the whole like what when a weatherman says he's talking about your headaches of rain. no your your headache oh my headache well yeah. i dropped that one too <laughs> no yeah. yeah i uh sometimes you get headaches when there's like low pressure high pressure yeah I that's a normal thing pressuring you yeah. don't sleep well yeah yeah i don't think that that's that's that for crazy, some but... reason it's always when the three of us are on a uh call together you get those yeah, headaches. It's weird. I don't know. yeah strange <laughs> um so lacy what's going on with you what's new Literally nothing, but I'm here to talk Star Wars, so it's a good day. Great. All right. Uh, before we get it's not going, a bad here, thing. We... it's just great normal day. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes normal days are needed, you know. I have nothing. That going is on. Bill Lumberg, Lacey. I'm like, Wonderful. I get my yeah, like <laughs> terrific. <laughs> uh, before we get going here, just a reminder to everybody if you are down like we are with Gentle Giant. And you like what they got going on over there? Check them out. Oh, yeah. And if you want twenty percent off their entire in-stock uh, items, you can use the promo code Resist Twenty. Um, we paired with them to do that and get twenty percent off. So it's pretty cool. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we have our coffee at Weird Brothers. Let's go to WeirdBrothers.com and look up the Resistance Brew. Um, always good stuff there. And of course, our YouTube channel. We are growing. We had an awesome time uh, with Greg Runberg. A lot of people found us through our Mandalorian trailer it reaction. It was a crazy week. Actually. So yeah, we had a, we had an all. We we're having a great time in this new channel. Uh, thanks to everybody who has been jumping over and supporting us there. Of course, if you listen to the podcast, not much has changed in terms of where you find that. But also subscribe to the channel because we're doing a lot of other cool stuff there in addition to the podcast. So youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast. Let's see if we can march closer to 2K subscribers as we um, aim at our big goal of 10 million subscribers. So baby steps. Uh, <laughs> you know but we're going to get into slowly I disappeared. Go ahead, what? James. What? Oh, just people saying like 2K and then the year. That's that's slowly disappeared, right? Do people still say 2K23? No, it was always just a single digit. So 2K5. No said 2K. I've never heard yeah. someone say that. Oh, it, I mean, there's an entire like franchise of game video games based on it, like yeah. NBA 2K12 and all sorts of stuff. But I feel yeah. like it's sort of died off. Hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We're hitting you with the good stuff today to kick off yeah. a Monday. Just something um, to think about, guys. Right. Just something to think about. 
I haven't yeah, thought about so, 2K in a while. You said we're headed towards 2K. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got our main discussion later. We have a pod race coming up as well. But before we do that, I just wanted to kind of get into some of the biggest questions out of that Mandalorian trailer and speculate on them because we spent a bunch of time immediately reacting to that trailer and just our minds spinning in a tornado as we were trying to process we were we were watching. But now we've had some more time to think about some of this stuff. So I'm just going to fire out these questions. I know the two of you know them because we have the notes, so we're not going to sit here and pretend that these are on the off the cuff. But I also helped come up with them. So one of them, yeah. Well, they can guess which one. They can guess which one. Oh, really? Can they? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. No, I'm saying if they want to. I'm not saying they will. But, oh. <laughs> um. All right. So to kick this off, um, the first one being who is in that Fang class fighter? And I know when we were watching. I was like trying to piece together that there was Sabine. Um, then Clayton had sent us that photo of the uh, toy that paired um, Bo-Katan with one of those. And, but it's also called uh, affiliated with clan Ren and their Mandalorian protector. So it could be a bunch of different people. So the question is to you guys, who do you think that is? Do you think it's Bo-Katan? Do you think it's Sabine? Do you think it's someone else? The bigger question is who is running over John's head? <laughs> Yeah, sounds like there's a kid in the background. Um, yeah, just joking. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't know if we want to knock out some of the obvious ones, but I have a sort of off the radar guess. I'll take it. Go ahead. Axe wolves. Oh, the other thing. Yeah, the, the guy missing... that we didn't see in season two, right? Yeah, or the missing one. Later I, in season two. I feel like somewhere along the lines, I picked up that he was back. I think he said that on social media. He's like, oh, the character's not gone. Just wait, you know, or something along those lines. Um, so I think that hinted that he could be back for season three. Uh, and these two characters, Casca uh, Reeves and X-Wolves, they, they felt like sort of close guardians of Bo-Katan. So I could sort of see, well, she's in her palace. You got these other Mandalorian protectors, you know, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I'm kind of taking a guess that maybe it's it's him, um, considering we got Casca in the last season. Let's switch it off. Let's show let's focus on this other character. So that's I, that's a guess from me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's a little out of the blue because it's not on the top of mind of most people. Is that a sort of devil's advocate alternative guess or do you think that's who it is i am thinking that it is that person because i'm trying to go with what makes the most sense and not like the i hope it's because mm -hmm. uh i do hope it's you know a sabine i do hope it's something else you know but um while that could be cool i don't want it to be just like a random mandalorian fighter you know, I right. don't want it to be even if it was Bo-Katan, it would be it would be cool. But there's something about the way it was flying around and stuff. I don't know. It just it felt like it was side to that. I don't know. All right. I, so I'm, I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say that it's that's that character. All right. Lacey, how about you? What do you think? I thought the Sabine idea when we were talking on the live stream was like really cool and a really interesting way to introduce her because that's the big question I think for a lot of people is like where is she showing up because they have to introduce her before they get into Ahsoka I think mm -hmm. um, and 
I believe we all think that she's showing up anyway. Like I know I said it a while ago, but I think we all think that. Um, so I think she's a really cool option, but I'm probably going to default to Bo-Katan only because it seems like a very obvious choice. Um, and safe. while it's cool, yeah. yeah, well, I wouldn't say safe because it's no matter what, it's an awesome character. Yeah, flying, yeah, yeah. Really cool. But I just feel like by throwing out like all these other cool options, I don't want to set myself up to be like, oh, it is Bo-Katan. Whereas like, yeah. if I go in expecting Bo-Katan and then it's not, that's even cooler. Yeah, you're right. Safe isn't necessarily the right word, but I mean safe in the sense of um, like right. that's the most straightforward. logical. Yes. Straightforward. Yeah, answer. Mm -hmm. Not like mm -hmm. a, <laughs> we don't want to be too risky. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I've said yeah. stupid stuff on the show for five years. Yeah. I'm not stopping now. <laughs> John, right. who's your guess? It's, it's tough because I do think it's Sabine. Um, and I know that's a risky guess. Would you I just, bet a pie on it? Nah. Come on. Nah. No, we still have other pies. I got to cash my pies in. I got to hit I you guys understand in the face that, some, but some British pies. We don't London have any. Pie. We don't have any pies outstanding. So. Yeah. Um, I. I <laughs> We'd have some outstanding <laughs> pies. <laughs> so I, I think Sabine, um, Bocaton could make sense, but that's I don't know. It feels like boring to me. I don't know. And she feels kind of like sitting Above on that it? throne and stationary right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, that's would what be I was cool getting option. at. Was, it's a weird way to say it. I wasn't really sure. I was like, she's over here is what I was trying to say. Yeah. But she does feel like she's and who in knows? her palace. This could she's stationary. Yeah. This could take place in the final episode. We really don't know. Um, it could be some, a low a low leverage character, like James was saying with uh, Axe Woves. Um but also, it who it could be the Mandalorian. Something might happen to the N one. Maybe Hasbro. They, you know, they're thinking like, no, oh, this isn't going to work out selling these things. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, we need a we need him to have a, a more um, viable ship. So I, I don't know. But I, I'm going to say Sabine because it seems like a really cool way to introduce a character. Like one of those like, who is that? Like where, that ship comes out of nowhere to save Mando, and the, mm -hmm. then the tie he draws the Tie Fighters away like Maverick. You know, who is that person? Like, and then if right. it's like Bo-Katan, they're like, oh, all right, that's cool. But mm -hmm. if it's like, oh, when that cockpit opens, almost like, you know, Pat Patty Jenkins introducing Rogue Squadron in a sense. Like, where, what is she doing? Why is she putting on a flight suit? And then you see the X-Wing. You're like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like that big reveal that would be very cool because, say, the cockpit opens, helmet comes off, you see purple hair, and you're like, oh, no, that's wild. So I'm sticking with Sabine. It's going to be wrong. But I'm going to have fun thinking it's her until it happens. Um, and then I'll appropriately adjust as you should. Um, all right. Next one is because a lot of people I know I was like course on course on course on on this one. But a lot of people are saying like, well, it could be blank, blank, blank. So uh, in that shot of Dr. Pershing, our little nerdy friend who likes to take Grogu's blood and, and do some cloning stuff. Is he on in that shot? Is he on Coruscant? Chandrilla? Hosnian Prime or somewhere else? Lacey, I'll start with you on this one. I think he's on Coruscant. I think it's... I'm going to sound stupid if it's not, but it, <laughs> to me it looks pretty straightforward that it's Coruscant because it goes from those moments right to the Grogu 66 moments in the trailer. So they're either trying to make you think it's Coruscant or it's Coruscant. Yeah, yeah, I kind of think it is because they already have those assets from 
Rogue One or not Rogue One, uh, Andor. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we can just use what we've already made and just have them go there and people like Coruscant and that's where kind of the Emperor was operating out of and mm-hmm. it makes sense that all these like pieces are falling into place. So if Coruscant was kind of the center of everything, that doesn't mean overnight it would then change from being the center of everything. So I'm going to also say Coruscant. I'm echoing those reasons. Um, Palpatine's like Sith headquarters was there. Um, there, there could be things they're looking for in the Jedi Temple ruins um, mm-hmm. for cloning purposes. Hazian Prime would be cool just because it's like we didn't get enough of it. Um, it came and it went qu- quite quickly in live action. Uh, Shandrilla would be interesting to see that in live action. Uh, has a lot of history there. But in terms of this story, and maybe they'll prove me wrong with explanations, um, Coruscant seems to be the right pick. So, James, what do you think? Are you uh, completing this trilogy here on Coruscant, or are you looking elsewhere? Uh, I am completing the trilogy, Coruscant, for me. Hey, um, look at us. I, the, the interesting thing is <laughs> that like... That was if... the most unenthusiastic hey, look at us <laughs> I've ever heard. What do you want to do, Paul Rudd it? What is... <laughs> You want to get a chicken wing and get yeah. all endearing yeah. on you? No, but you're just like, look at us. Lacey, <laughs> like... look at me. Look at me. <laughs> look at us. Right in the eyes. Right in the eyes. Look at us. I know, um... Captain, now. Who would have thought five years later? Not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were some moments in there. Um, no, that's... that's uh... See, here's the thing. It's like if if the if the gamble was is this Coruscant or anywhere else, I take anywhere else, you know. But when you look at the list of is Coruscant, Changel, or Hosnian Prime, I think Coruscant has the most likelihood for the exact reasons. And it's kind of funny. I thought maybe I would have some insight on that, but you guys said the exact thing. So I'm like, all right, I guess we all must be thinking it. Yeah, it just seems like Coruscant was like a big hub for a lot of things, and we haven't really seen it in the last t- really like. 25 years or so um and, and so who knows where it's gone down prequels. but as the new republic came in they're like yeah. we can't make this our headquarters you know it doesn't it doesn't seem clean anymore so i have a feeling that if there's mm-hmm. if there's a uh a, a bad city you know that uh to mess around with or whatever it, it probably is there's shady stuff going down in coruscant so that's the one i gotta go with uh i think people messing with this type of stuff would have more issues on Hosnian prime. Cause it's just too like, you know, in the spotlight. And it seems like, I mean, Favreau's right in the show, but it seems like Filoni is really enjoying this element of taking prequel aesthetic and putting it over on this timeline. You know, we have the N one, mm-hmm. we have the B one battle droids now, and now maybe Coruscant, like that's pretty cool. And you know, George Lucas probably loves that because he loves his prequels and he loves what he'd created for them. So it's it's a, it seems like Coruscant's the the one, at least for the three of us. And we'll let us know what you think. You know, I know a lot of people out there are tossing around other locations, and it made me think about it. So it's a good question. Um, all right, last I one here. This, almost... Go ahead. Oh. James. I was just going to say, it's almost a bummer that Mandalorian doesn't take place after the sequel trilogy, because then you could throw in a little sequel trilogy things into the mix, too, and see it all kind of come together. But we're missing that because it hasn't happened yet, timeline-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, 
This is my favorite thing about Star Wars. When we're at a point where everybody's just speculating and you're getting like the craziest ideas and the craziest things that like you can never consider because there's no answers yet. So everybody's mm-hmm. in the same boat of just throwing everything out there. It's my favorite thing about Star Wars being a, a yeah. fan. And then every once in a while, it like the crazy thing hits and, people and you're like, like what? oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Last one here before we head to our pod race. And then we, of course, have our main discussion later uh about grogu so uh to warm up that a bit what who is behind the door in grogu's order 66 flashback hondo anaka oh okay so we're (laughs) locking james's pick in for hondo um lacy said it's the time to throw out crazy things (laughs) time to get crazy Um, i actually asked this on twitter and i got some crazy ones that i was like oh i didn't even consider that but then i got some pretty straightforward ones i'm Mm -hmm. gonna say i hope it's anakin and i'll explain why i hope it's anakin it's not for the fan service i'll wait for the main discussion to get into my points about that um but james what do you what do you think Uh, i I don't know that I've really thought about it too heavily more than, yeah, I just hope it's Anakin. I remember when we had this, they had this big setup of who's going to be the person who was opening up the doors that rescued Din. And we were all like, oh, it's going to be this person and this person. I mean, I was like, I think it's Yoda. Yoda makes sense to me because, because of this reason and this reason. And it all felt so logical. And then it was just like a random Mandalorian person. And I mean, not random in the sense of like, obviously there was, it was part of this, you know, it makes sense that it would be that type of a Mandalorian person, but it's not like we know that person. It was just a Mandalorian. Right. And watch. Right. Yeah. 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 But it was like, I don't know. It it almost feels like it was a little bit disappointing because it it wasn't someone that you really expected, and it and it was good. It, it didn't take away from the story or anything. But when we're looking at this door thing, I go, I go, I don't know, man. I don't want to try to do all the math and figure out all the reasons of why it could be so and so and so and so. I'm just gonna guess Anakin because he was the one running around, possibly cutting down doors and trying to kill people. So. I don't know. I'm going to say Anakin. It's probably just like a stormtrooper or something, you know? Yeah. Clone trooper. All right, Lacey, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with everything James said. I think, you know, I didn't even consider it until James had brought it up on the stream because there's just so much going on that, like, you just start chiming through, like, going through, checking things off of, like, what you've noticed. Um, But it clearly looks like they're trying to cut open the door. Now, the question is, are they cutting it open with a lightsaber like we've seen in the prequels and other places as well? Or is it just like some type of like we're opening the door with this kind of like, I don't know, hacksaw or something like that because it's sparking. Whereas what we sparky versus melty a little bit. Right. Whereas in the prequels, when Qui-Gon Jinn does it, it like literally like melts off the wall. But that being said, it would be cool if it was Hayden and Despite what John said, I think I would love it because it's fan servicey because it doesn't even have to do anything. He can just open the door and be like, I have other things to do and like walk away. But like just seeing a glimpse of him, I think would be like really cool. Um, But I know a lot of people online have attached the clip from the trailer and then the clip from season two of Mando of the stormtroopers and what he had unlocked with Ahsoka. And it's basically the same scene with the same Jedi and troopers. So probably is troopers but i'm gonna go with anakin just because i think it would be sick to see that 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it should be Anakin. It probably won't be, um, but right. we'll get into it after we venture from talking about a light side character like Rogu to hear something about a potential dark side actor. So, Lacey, what is our next segment? Yeah, so our next segment is the Patreon pod race. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. There are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube to our new channel. We really appreciate it. You can follow us on all social channels at TRB Podcast. That's it. It's the same name everywhere. Very easy to follow. So please go do that. Um, but if you want more than just the audio platforms as well, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $5 a month, you get to support us here and what we're doing and the things that we plan to do later this year, like going to Celebration, going to other events, talking about other different uh, content, including Star Wars and also beyond. Um, it's just saying that, hey, we like what you're doing. Keep doing it. You guys are great and we appreciate it. Um, but as you go up in the ranks, you get different types of access and different types, types of perks from a Discord server to live streams and much, much more. This is the part of the show that we let our generals and spice runners take part. So if you want to be a part of it, you can head over there, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Um, but that being said, I want to do say, want to say thank you to our generals and spice runners. So thank you to our generals. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Michael Mori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, uh, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Brian, Paul Sullivan, Aaron Ellington, and Diana. I don't know. I said Brian. Brian's not in there. Sorry. Uh, Thank you. Runners. Thank you. <laughs> David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, <laughs> Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley. Jeremy Myers and Michael Fry, who we thank you, hosted in our Spice Run, which is another exclusive mini episode only on Patreon with Michael. We talked about Star Wars; it was a really fun time. Um, but this week we have David Propus, one of our, our buddies. So, uh, David, your question, which he has to get a question, then gives us his, his answer, is: What actor actress do you think would be a great new villain in future Star Wars movies? You can cheat and pick two if you must, but let's see what he said. Go ahead, David. Probably one, Kenobi. Now, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Of course I know him. He's me. What's up, TRB? It's General Greybeard, or Spice Runner Greybeard, probably one, Kenobi. And uh, just been thinking a lot about villains in Star Wars and who I would want to play a villain in Star Wars. And the one name that keeps popping in my brain is Idris Elba. I think Idris Elba would be a fantastic villain in Star Wars. Uh, he was scary as the voice of Shere Khan in Jungle Book. He's got an intimidating presence, but he's also got a bit of, he's got that charm where I think he could like charm you and then turn around and just like cut your head off. Uh, and it would be cool to see him uh, wielding a red lightsaber. So if, if I want anybody to play a villain in Star Wars, it's going to be Idris Elba. Because I just think he's awesome. May the force be with you always. 
Awesome job, David. It's always great to see you and hear you on the show. Um, and I'm loving your pick. Uh, James, what'd you think? I think that it is a pretty solid pick as he has been in a number of movies already, like as uh, villains. Like obviously he mm-hmm. said there he was in Jungle Book, but um, you got him in uh, the Hobbs and Shaw movie, you know, it, the uh, Black Superman or that whole thing, like uh, got the villain thing going on there. I, also I, kind I of think... the villain in the office kind of hated. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Charles I, I... Minor. I think that uh, he is an actor who has solidified himself as someone who can be anything you need him to be um, while still being excellent. Uh, There's a lot of people who fall into a stereotype of like, I'm always the hero or I'm always a villain, something along those lines. I always play this type of a character, you know, uh, anti-hero or something. Um, But he is very excellent at being anything you need him to be. hero or villain uh so getting more people like that in star wars would be excellent i also think that as big as a celebrity as he is i still think he kind of falls into that category where like most people might not recognize him um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he's it's hard to say that because he's so big you know but it, it it's it's kind well, of if in you that haven't boat. seen any of his stuff then you wouldn't know who he is yeah you might not yeah you, you yeah. just kind of come into it and you'd be like I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the guy from Thor. And you're like, it is the guy from Thor. He just looks a lot different, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. You know, but, um, but yeah, great pick. Uh, Pro B1 Kenobi. Uh, glad <laughs> yeah, you're one of the Spice Runners. It's awesome. John? Uh, yeah, I think it's a great pick, David. It, um, he's a really good actor for one thing. And I don't know if um, you watch that show, Luther david but he's really good there and uh he really um you know there's big ip stuff like marvel but there's also um you know drama and serious acting and he can really flex it there as well so i i think that's that's something that i think star wars doesn't always need but i think with your villains more than your heroes you need it and you know like adam driver and ian mcdarmid and you know James Earl Jones with the voice of Darth Vader. I mean, having having a villain with acting chops, I think, is always a good thing because sometimes it's it's hard to sell your audience on a villain, and it can come across really cheesy unless your actor just demands that you respect it. And he's one of those guys where I'm sure if we watched it, we'd be like, yeah, all right. Um, and see, like you said though, dude, seeing him with a red lightsaber, yeah, let's see that. That'd be really cool. So uh, great picks, man. <laughs> Um, good to see you. Can't wait till the next uh, group call. Um, but uh, great job as always. And uh, see you soon. What longest nickname in TRB history? So own it. Later, buddy. <laughs> David, this is a great pick. These guys said it perfectly. He's a great actor. He has a wonderful voice. Uh, he's super attractive, which is not something I'm hating on. Uh, I, I love attractive villains because it makes it that much harder to kind of hate them. <laughs> because you're like wait i kind of agree with them and then you're like no i don't they're terrible they're terrible people um but anyway i think he's great i think your pick was great you had awesome reasons and i would totally dig this choice um i know he's been kind of on that like repeating shortlist for james bond but i would love to see him as the villain in star wars i think it would be killer um, but thank you so much. Thanks for supporting us, being a part of the community. You're one of those guys that everybody loves having you here. So thanks for being that person. And now we're going to head to John. 
All right. And I hope a celebration does come closer to you because want to hang, man. Um, all right. Now we go to our main discussion, the importance of Grogu's Order 66 experience. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right. So, execute Order 66. We heard the words for the first time in Revenge of the Sith. We had no idea what was about to happen. And then we saw what happened. All the Jedi getting massacred, the siege on the Jedi Temple, um, complete chaos, and takeover by the Empire. Now, 17 years later, we have seen many iterations of it in Revenge of the Sith, Clone Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, now the Mandalorian and other media too, video games, stuff like that. Um, but it continues to be fleshed out and expand with varying points of view. But it's time now to talk about the importance of Grogu's experience and that memory of that fateful day. Um, now, we didn't get a lot yet, um, but it's clearly something that has stuck with him. It clearly seems to be something that has kept part of his brain or memory locked away, um, whether that's through the trauma of it all or the force, you know, hiding within him. We're not sure, but we're starting to see him in that new Mando trailer um, be more confident in what he's doing and be more assertive in what he's doing. And I like that with his facial expressions and stuff like that. We're going to see more of Grogu sort of becoming more of an independent entity, which I think is really exciting. But I wanted to pitch this to you guys because... You know, we don't know for sure uh, from that trailer who's coming through that door. And that's why I put that last question at the top about who is behind that door. And yeah, it probably is just the clone troopers. But either way, I think what happened with Grogu's experience in Order 66 is really important for us to see it. Because up until then, most of what we've seen with Order 66 ended with Order 66 for a lot of those people. Um, and not entirely but like 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 reva for example right so that was introduced to us from the first frames of obi-wan kenobi but then that story ended and we don't know what the future for reva is it kind of felt rushed it there wasn't much of a payoff whereas with grogu we're so vested in him emotionally it's just different and i like the fact that you know order 66 happens there's a lot of devastation and the galaxy gets turned upside down because of it. And people like think that that's where that type of stuff ends sometimes. And it's like, oh, then people like get over it over time and, and, and that sort of stuff. But that's not the case. And you can relate that to real life, um, whether people go through, you know, uh, wars, uh, you know, people live with that stuff forever. Um, shootings or terrorist attacks or whatever. And here we have Grogu well past the victory against the Empire. Uh, nine years later, whatever it is, still just completely twisted up about it. And he's not right. You know, he, he clearly has more powers than he realizes. Ahsoka alluded to that. Um, and it's interesting to see them give us that perspective that Order 66 still is impacting the galaxy years and years and years later, even after the fall of Palpatine and the Empire. So I just wanted to pitch that out there that Order 66 still lingers because people are still living with it. And Grogu right now is the embody the latest in the timeline embodiment of that. So I think that's an inter interesting discussion to have because he might just be a microcosm of a lot of other beings in the galaxy that are still heavily impacted by that. And him being impacted by that impacts the galaxy because he can do a lot of good 
And hopefully we're getting to the point where we're going to unlock all that and he can become the hero that we think he might be. So I, I, you know, I have no directive on this. It's just an interesting thing to think of, of order 66 having way much way prolonged effects than we like to think because we think order 66 happens. Then there's the empire. Then they beat the empire and it's all good, but it's not. So I don't know, Lacey, what do you think about that? Because I know you like to get into the emotional aspect of Star Wars and, and that sort of thing. Um, and you like to see heroes having the, you know, ride into the sunset. And we, we, I think we'll still get that with Grogu, but clearly he is not the best version of himself yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I get into that, I was just thinking as you were talking through this, John, that <laughs> the, fu- the, the not funny, but crazy thing about this discussion in itself is that I feel like for the past two years, if not more, we've seen a lot of reaction from critics and fans alike that have said that the Mandalorian isn't deep, that there's nothing past a certain level of kind of deeper connection, emotion, whatever. And here's the story of a creature that's basically a baby He's 50, but basically a baby. And he's experienced such trauma that he is unable to not only live his life the way he wants to, he was kidnapped. Now he's been thrown into this whole world with the Mandalorian. It's all he knows is like killing and like doing all these. And people are going, oh, it's so high. Like it's so just action figures in the backyard playing with action figures. And I'm like, there is so many things that are so much deeper than just throwing Mm -hmm. characters together. Um, And I think this discussion is going to definitely unlock some of that as we go through it. But um, away from that, I I think that it's heartbreaking to watch this character go through these situations. Um, It's not lost on me that it's definitely something that's reflecting current life that we live in, especially in the United States with children that are experiencing really terrible things and and how they deal with it and, and, and grapple with those real life situations. Um, so it must be a little comforting to see something reflected in in TV, even if it's a creature from a galaxy far, far away of it's OK to not be OK. And I feel like when we show characters in media and content that are going through these situations, it allows people to feel more comfortable with their own trauma and their own situations where they're hurt or depressed or dealing with something that's much bigger than themselves. And I think that that's what execute order 66 in general, like order 66 as a situation is, is not only just a terrible, terrible, tragic thing that set off so many different things in the galaxy and then eventually takes our heroes in a certain direction, but it's also showing you how the choices of one person can have so much bigger kind of ripples in, in the bigger scheme of the universe and galaxy and the world. For generations. Yeah. Yeah. For generations. And I think, man, this was one of those moments in the trailer. And I'm sure you guys felt the same way that it was just for us. Our reaction was like, because <gasps> first you see the lightsaber. So you're like, oh, lightsabers. But then you realize the situation and you're like, no, because you mm-hmm. know what's coming. You yeah. know, it's not going to end well. Um, right. And it's got that kind of foggy Vaseline lens thing that they used to do in like the 1920s and 40s and stuff. Uh, where it looks kind of foggy and that's how you know it's a, a flashback but the idea that this small child creature 
witnessed all this death and destruction and still made it out um, is hopeful. Uh, it, it is what Star Wars is all about. And then he's finding his found family, uh, also what Star Wars is about. So there is some like kind of happiness there. But man, is this season going to get dark? And I think, John, you had said that when we talked about the trailer. It's just like how you felt this season was just going to be overly dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to because you have to deal with all these situations. Mandalore, 60, Order 66, how the world is now. Um, Everything's on the seeing, line. Yeah. Yes. And we're seeing so much destruction just in the trailer. And the trailer's a minute and a half. We're seeing Navarro basically get torn apart, which James had pointed out. We're getting all these situations where our characters have their back up against the wall and they're fighting for their lives. And then also it's just the galaxy's fighting to get back to what it could have been without the empire. Um, but this is just a small, small piece of that uh, pun intended. Cause Grogu is tiny, a small piece of this puzzle um, that I think is just, it's really sad. And I think it's only going to get more sad before it gets better um, but I'm interested to see how they handle this moving forward. Like who saved him? Uh, who's behind the door, obviously. Um, where does he go for that period of time when this happens to the Mandalorian picking him up? Like that is a chunk of time that he's just either taken by someone or safe with someone then taken. Like, is he communicating with anybody via the force? Like he did with Luke Skywalker. Like, does he feel like, who has he met along the way basically is like one of my big question marks. Yeah. James to, to bring you in here, you know, um, I, I don't know that you have an angle on this yet, but like George Lucas, his main thing with star Wars is you're coming of age. You have a choice to make good or evil. You're not defined by your past. You know, you can grow beyond your past. Um, is Grogu in a situation where he has to dive into his past to unlock the powers he learned. But with that comes unlocking all this as well. And is that, is that not the way? So like, and and where are you with this in general? Like how important is this in your opinion, that like us seeing Grogu's experience with order 66? Oh man, there's so much. Um, (laughs) It's, it's interesting to me to think about, how much this piece of traumatic uh, history uh, affects him on a day-to-day basis. Cause it has been a very long time since it's happened. And I feel like most of the times when we are told more about his story, it seems like it's sort of, if I'm not mistaken, I'm kind of trying to remember this. It seems like it's Ahsoka asking questions or like unlocking or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like these times when he's kind of being forced to think about it and in some ways probably even kind of help Luke uh, like, oh, it's the first time I've actually interacted with someone who is there, you know? Um, oh, right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't and know. Ahsoka at that point. wasn't there, right? I, I, well, she was because she went through Order 66 with Rex. But not at yeah. the temple like he was. She wasn't at the temple, yeah. Right. But but yeah, it's maybe another angle or something. But I'm... I'm curious um, because I think the question here that we're thinking about is how does he get rescued rescued from that scenario? Does he get rescued? He doesn't get killed. 
could he just hide in the egg you're saying because he's in that egg well somebody's to some extent taken care of him for like 20 something years so the thought is that he's been with a jedi or something oh my god he's gonna see that person die but if the point (sighs) is if the point is that he still has this trauma then it makes me think that the last like 50 years of his life have been bad. So he's been handed off to people for studying and all sorts of stuff for the past 50 years. So it almost, so he feels abandoned. Yeah. If, yeah. If like, maybe he didn't get rescued from order 66, but like when 66 happened, they killed everybody around him and they're like, Oh, this is the one we were talking about. The baby that can't fight us and can but has a lot of midi-chlorian ability and so So, they take him for research but i don't know why they wouldn't kill him though because they killed everyone else but they did take reva so i guess what's yeah what's interesting about grogu is i'm trying to think of like because i think this 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 is important when we first get introduced to him like how much smaller he was even then. He was so he so had to been little. like yeah. just a, a freaking baby when this happened, you know? And when we meet him, he's hiding behind his blanket in his little pod and he comes out from under it and peers. He's he's the same age as Anakin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But in terms of his growth, he's at baby stage because no, the, totally, his species yeah. lives. Yeah. So but he's like in he's like 19 or 23 or whatever it is he is somewhere in that age group. and i don't i don't want to when revenge of the sith happens <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to turn this conversation into a let's guess who saved him or something but just something mm-hmm. just dawned on me for some reason he decided to trust a masked mandalorian when he shoots ig11 and he just sticks his finger out and they touch fingers like was he saved by a mandalorian and then when he saw din Djarin, he's like that i trust that so that that's on the table, you know, maybe um, and maybe that's otherwise why... you'd be kind of nervous normally if someone shows up in a mask. Like, yeah. So I'm saying like, like, what uh... if what if it's someone related to, you know, well, the, the line in the trailer like... is, do you really think your dad's the only Mandalorian? So. Yeah, that's true. So that might might pull away from that. I The only reason yeah, I, I know. brought up the only reason I brought up this is because I don't. I'm throwing out the idea that it's not just order 66. It wasn't like he went through order 66 and he's been fine and dandy for years. No, he's not. Oh no, of course because he has this trauma. So it's like, I I'm, I'm wondering if order 66 was just the first thing that happened to Grogu and it's been constant. And that led me to, we've had this theory of who rescued go Grogu out of order 66 and it's like maybe he didn't get rescued. Maybe yeah, what we're gonna see him. on yeah. the other side of that door is yes, the villain, but Pershing like or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good example. That'd be a way to keep it like tied in with the story. Like a young so, Pershing, or well, or, it could. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who or knows? what if it it's be... what if it's uh, you know Werner Herzog you know, to bring him back? <laughs> <I thought laughs> I'm dead serious. You know, I mean, it could be. Yeah, but. Um, Someone, but someone like yeah. in charge of uh, maybe a situation that was going Goth. on. At the time. Maybe it's a uh, Moff Gideon on the other side of the door. Well, these people, yeah. How old would they be at this time? Uh, probably in his twenties. Yeah, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah. But 
back on back on the path though, in terms of like the importance, because they're clearly showing us Order sixty six. We know he went through hell between then and when we meet him, but they're flashing back to that for a reason, and they're giving us breadcrumbs uh, leading into season three, as we saw the initial flashback, and now we're going to get more of it, and they're going to expand upon it, and maybe it's something they unravel slowly and slowly. Um, like the, they like to do in those sorts of uh, flashbacks and in, in this type of storytelling. Um, I just find it interesting that like the actions of Anakin are still re- uh, resonating throughout the galaxy, even after his redemption to uh, with his son, which goes back to that whole idea that he's Darth Vader really only got redeemed in the eyes of his son. Whereas mm-hmm. the rest of the galaxy is like, we killed no, Darth Vader. We won. Yeah. So it's like it's really that's a tricky aspect of it too. And here we have, you know, this little cute baby who is clearly very powerful with the force. Um but doesn't decade, talk. Right. Almost a decade later, um, mm-hmm. still having massive issues with this. And there's a lot at stake here in the galaxy. Like they're gonna get into this whole Mandalore conflict, but there's this whole other aspect where, you know whatever's going on with this whole Thrawn thing and whatever's going with the, the uprising of the post Palpatine plans and Grogu could be a massive ally in the fight against that, but it's hindered and it's hindered clearly because of, and whether that's the start of his trauma or not order 66. So I just find that so interesting that it's not like punching us in the face we're flashing back and people are like, oh, cool, Order 66. And some people are like, oh, again, Order 66, really? But when you look at it from this character's perspective, it's so crucial that we're seeing that because of the lasting effects of this stuff. And it's, again, I go back to that whole thing where people... It's you know, also explaining his journey emotionally, like literally yeah. where he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I don't always bring this up, but I think it's relevant here. Like my wife survived the Sandy Hook shootings and people are like on 12, on 12, 14 every year, they change their profile picture to a green background with a tree on it with names on it. And then they move on the next day. Every time we go to a movie theater or something and she hears a sound, she's like, gets nervous. She turns around or something. It's like that, that stays with you. That's never going to leave you. Mm -hmm. And like like you said Lacey, like these stories you know are tools that people use as comfort or as like support because sometimes with trauma company and 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 relating to somebody is very important and for like little kids who deal with trauma or whatever it might be you know they see these characters and like these are their heroes just like when we were growing up you know we had our star wars heroes and they see grogu and 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 they see what he's going through and they're going to see him get through it i think um and 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 um and become who he was originally supposed to be it just took a longer period of time because of what he went through so i i yeah i i agree so much that this show is way deeper than some people give it credit for you just need to see it you need to see that 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 those parts of it i do think they'll be more direct with that in this season than they have in previous seasons i think there's going to be way more tension and drama and i think it's just going to be bigger in every aspect this this third season of the mandalorian but with grogu i really think it's gonna it's we're at the point now where we have book of boba fett and he did what he did there which is we saw him finally use his powers in a 
a more Jedi type of way, not a militant, aggressive warrior style where he's like bad behavior picked up from Mandalorian. Yeah, right. He's holding that beast for the first time using the force and Mando just kills the thing. And then he does he does the similar thing with the Rancor, but he lulls it to sleep. It's like Mm -hmm. he's understanding what it is to be a Jedi again, maybe. And I think that we're we're finally going beyond the it's Grogu action figure cute love him baby Yoda and stuff to this is a real character with an arc and we're about to see some serious stuff. So I people are tired of the baby Yoda stuff and that's good. You should be because I think now this is I think this season is going to belong to Grogu as much as it will all the Mandalorian stuff. I think we're in for a real character arc here and we're going to see why um they're showing us this order 66 stuff so i think it's just very important for them to keep showing us this because it does tie the whole story of star wars together in terms of the saga um but also just shows you that these empires you know it's not just like lingering stormtroopers and stuff that last after the empire it's all this stuff that the empire did that takes a real long time to recover beyond dirty messy planets and stuff like that well uh, you know another thing to add here is that um it seems in the trailer that there is a moment, at least, where Bo-Katan is privately with Grogu um, because we got that line. You think your dad's the only Mandalorian. And one thing that I think those characters can relate on is the fact that if Grogu is still dealing with Order 66, the basic uh, execution of his entire world of all of his people uh, that would be something that Bo-Katan would relate to, considering the whole point of this series is about how the Mandalorian people are still s- trying to survive after their entire population and world was just Devastated. annihilated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that got me thinking, and this is just a bit too, and there's probably a simple explanation. How are Bo-Katan and Grogu having a conversation? Is this a sign that he speaks? Or she's just assuming she's just talking to him like you talk to little kids and babies and dogs. I know, and but cats what and... would he be doing that she would go? Hmm. You think Mando could just the be only there, but just out of the shot. Yeah, could be a, that's what know. I'm saying. Like she could just talk to him, thinking like, "Oh, he understands me," type thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I get what you're saying, like, though. What 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 would he be doing? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. looking surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, why are there two of you? And she's like. <laughs> You think he's the only one? Like she, he's been around other Mandalorians. You brought up a great what, point, though, James. What is what is the connection there between those two characters? That it seemingly feels like that trailer is leading to him, Grogu, having a realization that maybe Din Djarin isn't necessarily the only person that he could look up to, and there's other options, there's other roads. Like any teenager being like, I took maybe that. My as parents literal. aren't the best. People yeah, in no, the world. Maybe I, I should believe yeah, my friends and you know explore. I took it more literal though, because in the trailers they show multiple shots of like Mandalorians coming up over a cave, coming up over a hill, and then that shot where she's talking to Grogu is in a cave. So I took it literally like, oh, you thought it's gonna be like one of those moments where they have to team up or meet up with everybody, and those people show up and Grogu has some type of reaction, like, why? And she's just like, oh, you thought he was the only one? And like, mm-hmm. here's an army of Mandalorians behind her. 
That's how yeah, I took it. That, that's a good point. And I don't know if you meant this, James, but do you do you think of it as Grogu thinks like like that whole thing, like I have no people, like Han Solo said in, in Solo. It's like he thinks he's the only one of his kind. He doesn't know where his people are. And he thought he related to Din because he thought, oh, you're a loner too. I'm a loner, you know? So like that that could be too. And, I, you know, I know we're a little bit getting way off topic and I'm fine with that. You know, I think we laid out the bulk of the, the core of the importance of 66, but. I, like, well, I think, I think if you're asking the question, the importance of Grogu's Order 66 experience, it's because that is fundamentally the same idea as the execution of all of the Mandalorian people, which seems to be the theme for season three. Yeah, yeah. And he is, um, do we think he's like becoming a Mandalorian? Because he I chose think by the to end go back? Of this- by the end of this season, I think they're going to do some type of like you're a Mandalorian now or something. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope I mean, it's not one of those things where he already where... is clan of two, right? Did he, but he didn't accept that. He has the uh, mud horn on his shoulder. Yeah. Or so he yeah, did yeah. accept it. Yeah. Yes. And Gro- Grogu has the necklace, doesn't he? He does. So they so, so is he already a Mandalorian then? He just doesn't no, know because his dad just got kicked out. So by association, he lost his membership. <laughs> he lost yeah. his membership. I he mean, can no longer. Uh, like if I stole, if I stole a dollar fifty sauna. hot dog from Costco, my son wouldn't allow to be into. Because I think, like in our heads, we always think about him more like, oh, he's Jedi, right? But it's like, well, Jedi's a religion, right? So he can still have the Force and not be Jedi. But what is he when he when Din is clan of two, the mud horn or whatever, and then he's got the armor. He chose the armor. And uh, there was something else, too, that I was just thinking um, something relating to. Oh, it was just that they regularly refer to him as a foundling. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, he's not just like a random kid missing. They're like referring to him as what they call Mandalorian people who don't have families or whatever. So it's like they do call him the foundling. Yeah. I wonder if at some point, like if you were to sit Floney in a, in a room and be like, Hey, at this point, uh, you know, is, uh, he a a Mandalorian or what, what are we talking? He's like, Oh, he's been Mandalorian since season one. Like that's the way we think Mm. of it. I wonder (laughs) if that like, and we're just like not picking up on that because it's Mm. not, that's not the point of the story, but yes, that is like what we were alluding to when we did this early on. And it's like, we just haven't really put that together. I don't know. I think maybe it's because people think he needs to have a helmet or he needs to have armor or something that makes him Mandalorian. But at this point, it still does feel like he could consider himself Mandalorian. I don't know. It's interesting. And I don't think that... And I know there's there's been, for whatever reason, you know, the past year, all of a sudden, it's cool to, like, criticize and take shots at the Mandalorian, which I think is insane, because the Mandalorian is... I don't understand that, but then the same people will turn around and be like, oh my god, amazing trailer, and I'm like, you literally just said Mandalorian sucked like two months ago. There were people who said they didn't like the trailer too, though. I was surprised at that, so yeah, you can't can't please everybody, and some people aren't, you know, Mm -hmm. are going to be more critical, and that's fine, but one of the criticisms I've heard, which I, I, I understand it, and it's valid to have it, 
is that the reunion happened too quick. It happened on a different show. So it's possible that people didn't watch Book of Boba Fett and are like, wait a minute. Last mm-hmm. time on The Mandalorian, you were crying and he was going away with Luke Skywalker. Now you guys are just rolling in this N1 right now. And I understand that. But I like to think that most people are watching both shows. So if you missed it, you missed it. And that's your problem, in my opinion. That's how I stand up by that. I'm not, I'm not going to care too much about that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you missed it, you missed it. I don't know you. I don't care. You know, but right. it's... Um, I think it's important, you know, because Grogu did make that choice to go back to to Din Djarin, and it's like it goes back to that first time he saw him when he was in his little egg, and we don't know how he got to that place and, and what happened in those 30 years, 29, 30 years between 66 and Mando episode one, which is called The Mandalorian. Um, I think it was called The Mandalorian, right? The first episode? Am I not crazy? Uh, I think so. The first episode, the first episode uh, of The Mandalorian was called yeah. The Mandalorian. Sorry, oh yes, yes. Second, yeah. I was just picturing Luke going like, "Now what?" Yeah, <laughs> but I'm <laughs> like, thinking, yeah. James, you're right. Like, I, I don't think he was rescued either. Like, I, just, I think he was abducted, and I think a lot of things went down, and then they got, they lost track of him somehow. So in a maybe world in between of infinite stories. Like, yeah, I so think we're just thinking he got rescued because they were killing all the Jedi and he's alive. So clearly somebody helped him out because he's a baby and he can't help himself. But I, right. I don't think that's necessarily the only solution. And uh, they could subvert some expectations by saying, no, he did not make it out of Order 66. It sucked. I think mm-hmm. all these people in Grogu's life right now, whether it's Ahsoka, uh, even Pelimato, who's like a nurturing uh, presence, um, Luke and Din Djarin, you know, there are others, but I'll go with those, like offer him something to help him move forward. And you have Ahsoka and Luke who were like clearly doing something to unlock his past to help him uh, reattach with the force and connect with the force again. But also that turns up all the bad memories. But then you mm-hmm. have Din Djarin who gives him belief in the, the present and the future, which is family, na- his family now. So, mm-hmm you it's good to reconcile with your past and um for the good and then deal with the bad as you need to but also you need that person who's going to carry you forward because again you're not defined by your past and you can't live in the past because that never helps you because then one day you'll wake up and say like what did i why did i live what did i live for what was my purpose din is like his sort of reason for moving forward and being who he wants to be now which is uh, uh an evolved version of who he was so i it's the the whole re- quick reunion thing like i'm fine with that because of that reason because he needs to be with him and he needs all those people in his life for varying reasons and i think it's just like and, and ultimately on the surface level thing it's just like so like crazy to see prequel elements and prequel like big massive prequel moments jumping over the original trilogy and still hitting really hard right now yeah it makes me optimistic that the sequel trilogy will be much more liked years from now. Yeah. Not that yeah. we don't like it. I'm saying other people mm-hmm. that are like so against right. it. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm ex- I don't know if you guys have other points for it because I know we're up on time a bit, but it's, it's, this is definitely one of those conversations we'll have to explore when we understand or, or they show us more of as what they really develop happens, it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's and crazy. revisiting this conversation to see like what um, what what made sense, what doesn't make sense, but ultimately yeah, yeah. like 
seeing that character arc for Grogu, uh, which I'm really excited about. I'm even I more excited about it I can't wait for the show to come back. Oh yeah. my gosh, so excited. Yeah, yep. Um, so any final thoughts on this topic or anything else before uh, we hop on out? Not, Not really, me. but I think I'm going to cry. I think the show is going to make me cry this season again. I know again. Yeah, true. Um, all right, cool, cool, cool. So let us know in the comments. Let us know on social media. Let us know uh, via email if you're shy or if you're a patron on the Discord. Um, what do you think of this conversation? Um, Order 66 still hitting hard uh, well after it happened 30 years and Grogu is just dealing with it and confronting it now. Um, so it is going to be a big, important part of this story. So let us know what your, your thoughts are on that. Um, but as Lacey said before, make sure you're subbed to the pod on your preferred audio platform, or of course the channel. Um, thank you so much for everyone who has been subscribing and supporting us as we started over with a new channel. Um, but, um, everything else marching forward. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey. Uh, my movie podcast, just like the movies, um, tomorrow, barring any unforeseen incidents, we're putting out an episode on Fight Club, which I shouldn't have just talked about, but I did. Uh, James, how about you? you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. And you can also find TRB on TikTok now mm-hmm. at TRB Podcasts, where and we're don't... putting up shorts and all different types of cool stuff. Yeah, and make sure you're checking out James's uh, Bad Batch reviews on the channel, um, churning right. through every episode. Um, and I'm digging the Bad Batch. Oh, my God. Really? And there's a Willow documentary coming out. So right. get yep. ready for me yep. to nonstop talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we will see you all on Thursday night with another live episode uh, of the podcast. But until then, we hope you have a great week. And we'll catch you next time right here on TRB. See you around, kids.